Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone, I'm Alex Jones, and the left has taken over New South Wales. I don't know if I'd go that far. Alex, Chris Mintz has only formed minority government. Yeah, Steve, I don't really know what I'm talking about. But that's okay, because Ben, P.Y. and Cam are here to break it down for us, with Cam even giving us a brief history on ACAC. What do we have to do? Just give the podcast a rating on Spotify and consider joining the Patreon for just $1.50 to get access to the Patreon exclusive pod. Let's go, Yoko Giacomoco, Toto. Now, Ben... Yes, Cam. You have just come. This is your second podcast for tonight. My gosh, yes. We were not your first. What a wow. journeyman. <laughs> you have literally driven here in, in between another podcast and a soccer game you're playing. Mm. Where were you before? Yeah, wild. You know, the like I've really shot to podcast superstardom, it seems. <laughs> no, very much not the case. A um, contract worker. <laughs> best supporting act. Job to job. <laughs> podcast mercenary yeah so i had some other some other mates doing a podcast called cinema heads mm. where they talk about film and television and sort of give kind of reviews and and their thoughts about different things and i'm a very big fan of the show the last of us and the okay was a very big fan of the video game before that mm. and myself and the other like one of the guys on the on the show we were just chatting about it and he's like hey you should come on we should chat about this on air you know because we us podcasters we can't have any conversation off air these days well, it's all got to be recorded literally ben started <laughs> yeah. to share a story before and he said no yeah <laughs> you need an organic reaction to this on air so i'm excited for whatever yeah i oh, no, no. that story it's, it's not that um it's not that profound but that was it was a lot of fun i had a great time talking about various aspects of the show it does sound fun yeah it is it's just it's just it's funner cool. than history though that's well, the question. It's like doing the pa- the Patreon special for us is kind of the candy yeah. after. We grind it out for like an hour and a half. Mm. No, we have a lot of fun, Cam. Don't I say remember we grind it out. in kindergarten, like the teacher was talking about some kids, Devon as their dessert. It's like, oh, you're so good. You ate all your, your fruit and veg and now you get the Devon. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had the sugar. <laughs> and it's, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I th- the thing I was going to tell you was that they asked me what my favorite film was, and I said Surf's Up. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, they're like all time favorite film, wow. and that was the first one that leapt to mind. I think the profound impact it had. It just reminds me of the time that we were, we were, the three of us were in Milan. Yeah. And 
you were playing Lego Star Wars and myself and PY were watching Surf's Up. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, man. I had to, I had to find... Yeah, the, you were just less into it, I think, than myself and PY were. I was looking for the last 5,000 coins in yeah. that. Oh. Yeah, had to do what you had to do. The answer's the same for me as well. Favorite movie, All Time Surf's Up. Yeah. It's incredible. It's just something about it. Yeah. Wow. And I actually saw, um, you guys know Scotty James? It's like he was a, he's a snowboarder, Olympian. Oh, yes. Fight. have heard of him. I was just, I follow him on Instagram and he was doing a Q&A the other day and he's like favorite movie and he just said straight up surfs up and mm. i was like oh, i like this guy. man of culture i um, like this guy how close yeah. would g-force get darwin that is a brilliant what film i wish i oh, should have thought of that an hour ago yeah. they have funny names the hamsters oh S- yeah juarez <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way i got a fan who emailed in uh, or subscribe who emailed in you know how we're talking about hua feng in the last podcast. Yes. Yeah. 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 So obviously I mistakenly said that Hua was his first name. Mm. Uh, Chinese. Hua is his surname. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so would put that correction out there. Thank you to that fan who. I've also recorded a podcast a with him. Speaking of podcast guest appearances. Oh my gosh. You are. I've done a podcast with him. This was back in like mm. September of 2022. So shout out at the safety last podcast by Stanley Ching. Go check it out. Oh my gosh. So much cross-pollination yeah, seriously. going on here. Podcast central. <laughs> now, today we're going to talk about the state election. We're what? Maybe a week and a half out from election day, which was yep. when we recorded our last podcast, mm. which means we kind of had time to see where the dust has settled on some of those. Yeah, let really the votes be counted. Marginal yeah, yeah. seats. Mm. We're, not, we're not reactionary. We don't, we don't chase views or chase trends. We, we are... Yeah, <laughs> talk about it once. I mean, we're talking about history. That doesn't get yeah. any less reactionary than that. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Mao Zedong's really trending right now. Yeah. So we're gonna react. You can tell Ben's warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> did you? How silly did you get on the most on that podcast on uh, Cinema Heads? Uh I think there were some there were some silly moments. Yeah, look, I. I don't know if we got quite to the G-force level that we just, <laughs> but no, no, there was some, there were some funny moments. Yeah, no doubt. So we're actually going to try and provide substantive analysis. Mm, yeah, no, um, we, um, I can zone in. I can, you know. we, well, I think G-force is, is, is a great frame of reference. Um, <laughs> we are going to start before we actually start looking at the results. We need a little very brief history on ICAC. Now, each of these cases I actually want to do is individual episodes. So we won't, unwrap the present too much but we'll get a bit of a flavor for how did we get here because i think it's fair to say that on the at a federal level and at the state level the vote has largely been against corruption Mm. and that's been a big driving factor new south wales Mm. we don't have the best reputation amongst criminologists in the world Mm. particularly sydney so I've got a, his name's Alfred McCoy. He's a historian who was around, well, he still is alive, I believe, but he was quite prominent in the 80s. Uh, and basically, he more or less said that Sydney has kind of the most organized crime in the developed world out of all the main cities. So this was his, the 70s and the 80s. Mm. So effectively, we think of the inner west as being yeah, Green's territory today. Yeah. Um, that was like the mafia territory back in the day. Wow. Um, and effectively, there was a guy called Bob Askin. He was the premier, liberal premier in the 1970s. He was in cahoots with a guy called Abe Saffron, who was kind of a big crime boss. He's famous for potentially, allegedly, possibly, 
being behind the Luna Park Ghost Train Fire in 1979. Wow. So, so what was what was that event? I don't think I'm across the Ghost Train Fire. So effectively, I'm also not particularly well across it. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was a manufactured fire so that Abe Saffron could buy either the land or the property. I think I think that was the gist. I, I, yeah. I haven't really looked into the Luna Park. Who would have thought that Luna Park mm. could get tied up in the uh, the criminal underworld, eh? Yeah. Hugely. <laughs> And that allegation is recent. Mm. That came out in 2021 from the ABC. Wow. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I just know. Yeah. That's what Abe Saffron's kind of famous for in recent times. Now, mm. what, is, what isn't in dispute is that he was, had a close connection with Bob Askin. And then Bob Askin left and a guy called Neville Rand, who was from Labor, became the premier in, if I'm not mistaken, 1976. And Neville Rand basically had a policy of kind of keep the powers that be happy. Because Goff had just been knifed and he didn't want to go down the route of Goff Whitlam. And so Neville ran very much ran on a moderate policy of, yeah, these guys are pretty dodgy, but we need to keep them at bay. And he kind of frequently dodged questions about corruption. He had close links with Abe Saffron. He extended the court term or the judicial term for a corrupt judge called Murray Farquhar. And at the same time, one of his ministers, so Minister for Corrective Services, Rex Jackson was basically charged with um, accepting bribes from prisoners who wanted early parole. Mm. And so Labor's then tied with corruption. All this to say that in 1988, a guy called Nick Griner has a very good platform to run on against corruption. Have you heard of Nick Griner before? The name rings a bell. Um, maybe I'm thinking of the... Uh what was the name? The WNBA player that was trapped in Russia for a while over the last few months. Is it? Do you remember? Do you remember who? Sorry, it's gone straight over my head. Remember that that WNBA player that was in Russia? Oh no, yeah, I don't remember the name. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, I was oh, just I'll looking up it. Underbelly. Um, <laughs> I think it was Melbourne though. Under the Underbelly TV show series. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of yeah. seasons. Isn't so it, it gave us a great show. Is uh, I only watched the one on Terry Falconer. Yeah, I, that is a very important part of Australiana that I feel I haven't delved into enough. Yeah, no doubt. It was, yeah. Underbelly's back. <laughs> oh, Channel 9. <laughs> Mum would let me watch it, but she would cover my eyes whenever there was so a, a lot of covering of the eyes. Hmm, yeah. They I did think- do one. They did do a King's Cross season. The Golden Mile. Oh, that does. Yeah. I remember the ads for that one. I think I was just too young to watch it at that stage. Yeah, 2010. 2010. Yeah, I remember. Remember seeing the ads for that a lot. They were spooky enough. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, what's the Survivor's host sire has called? Jonathan LaPaglia. He played it. Like, it was so weird. He played. Mm. Or was that Anthony LaPaglia? Oh, one of the LaPaglia brothers yeah. played the yeah. villain. And then watching him in Australian Survivor, worlds apart, character-wise. Mm. And hence, cinema, it's more of a cinema <laughs> head's talking point. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, long well, story short. Sorry. Yeah. Before we get back to that. So her name's Brittany Griner. Uh, I don't know if you'd heard of it. WNBA player. She got caught in Russia like with, for like marijuana possession or something. Oh, yes. I do know. And then the funny part is that they like swapped her. They did like a prisoner swap with the US and Russia mm. for like this WNBA player with marijuana possession for like a Russian arms dealer or something. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. <laughs> I remember. Yes. I, I, I remember that now. I was like. Trading a Nick Kenny for a Benji Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our Patreon special to uh, understand that reference. 
but yes, I, I remember listening to a Ben Shapiro podcast on that. Um, I know I, I just kind of occasionally chime in to the daily wire with no context. Mm. I did it today for Trump's indictment. Very entertaining. I feel mm. he's, he's very consistent. Ben Shapiro. I'm like, yeah, I forgot that this is what he's like. Cause I, li- I listened to him a fair bit in my, in my, in my younger years. Mm. It's, Best hits, greatest album. He's still cranking out the, <laughs> the greatest hits. Probably five or six years on from when I really stopped listening to him on the regular. Now, Nick Griner comes in in 1980. He's a liberal candidate. He's from the North Shore. He's very polished. He's not involved with the kind of inner West mafias that were around. Has no links to Abe Saffron or anything like that. He comes in as the liberal candidate and he campaigns on bringing in an independent commission against corruption. So far, so good. Pretty mm. um, we like we like that. Yeah. He was hoping that it would just kind of routinely pull out dirt on Labor, mm. and Labor have had its issues with corruption. In, in, they have two spells where they have really bad corruption. One of them was the eighties, and he's just kind of hoping that ICAP will keep out pulling pulling on will keep on pulling out dirt on Labor, and this will keep the Liberal Party in for decades. And he's kind of really positive about this being the new frontier of a blue wave across New South Wales. Doesn't happen. Now, effectively, Nick Griner, he kind of institutes ICAC, goes to the election again in 1991. He wins on a minority government in 1991. So there were 99 parliamentary seats in 1991. The Liberals held 49. Mm. One short. Yeah. There were four independents. Um, one was actually Clover Moore, go on to be the mayor of Sydney. Another was Tony Windsor, who would go on to be the representative for New England before Barnaby Joyce beat him. And so basically, Griner's got to get these four independents on side to form government. And they agreed to side with Nick Griner. But a couple of issues for Nick Griner. Number one, there was an issue with the elections. In the electorate of the entrance... We'll know who ran for the entrance. Nathan Bracken. That is Nathan Bracken's election. <laughs> and unfortunately, Nathan Bracken fell significantly short. Uh, How does that even happen? Yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just didn't get cracking. <laughs> and so the entrance, Liberals won by 116 votes. Wow. But 200 votes were put in the Gosford electorate rather, that should have been sent to the, the entrance electorate. Mm. So there's a re-vote that's ordered. And Labor actually wins by a reasonable amount. It's 53%, I think, they win the entrance by. So now the Liberals are down to 48. Labor's up to 47. And then it gets even worse for the Liberals because their former education minister, Terry Metherill, he resigns from the Liberal Party on air on the 7.30 report and Griner had not been told. Wow. So uh, unfortunately, there's no video footage around. Yeah. But... How do you think that compares to Mal Meninga's on-air resignation from politics? Oh, <laughs> I've got a brain that hasn't been thought about for so long. What does he do? What, I, I remember watching it when I was like 15 and I don't oh, think I've yeah. seen it since. It's what brilliant. Like he gets up, he like starts to say like a couple of sentences. He like fumbles over his words and then he goes, he's like, oh, F. I can't do this. Pulls out the earpiece yeah. and walks out. Yeah, that's Wasn't right. That, he's like that was like his his announcement of his political career. ambitions. Yeah, oh. it's great. Yeah, look up <laughs> like, Mal Meninga political career on YouTube. It's oh, um, how does that yeah. happen? Oh, yeah. that 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 I that Something hurts to, to picture. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so he resigns live on air on the 7.30 report. So now, so he doesn't resign from Parliament, but he resigns from the Liberal Party. So now the Libs are down to five independents, 47 Labor, 47 Liberal. They're in a really bad position here, and they've got to get three out of five independents on side to pass anything. So who governs then? Or do you, like... So the... The independents have to pass a vote. They have so much power in mm. hung parliament situations because they can effectively, they have to sign a vote of confidence in one of the major parties. Yeah. And not all of them, but if they can form 50, they then let the governor general know that they've got the majority in, in the parliament. So in federal parliament, it'd be 76. If you've got 76, you've got the majority, you can go to the governor general and inform them that you have a majority in parliament and that you can form government. So the independents had given vote of confidence to the Liberal Party. Now, what happens is this is precarious. This is a precarious situation for them because they don't have a clear majority and these independents can flip on them at any time and form government with Labor. So enter into the scene Brad Hazard. Mm. Know a bit about him? The, yeah, what's he been doing recently? Is, is he the, something to do with COVID, the health minister or something? Yeah, yeah minister, of course. So he's quite, he's quite a young pup at this point. Mm. And so he goes with Nick Greiner to Terry Metherill and they say, hey, we have a job in the Environmental Protection Agency that is perfect for you. The EPA. The EPA. <laughs> EPA. 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 You can be directed. What movie is that again? Simpsons movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is a role that has more prestige and pays better than his current role as an MP. Mm. What do Nick Greiner and Brad Hazard have to gain by getting him to have this job? What happens when someone leaves Parliament? Oh, like, no, you go. You go. I don't know, Ben. Was it is it something to do that like seat needs to be revoted? Yes. Mm-hmm. What do we call that again? But but but. You say you're going to say by election? Is that by election is correct. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Back yourself. Uh, yeah. Are you retiring from the podcast now? <laughs> it's your Mal Meninga moment. Yeah, um, that's okay. I'll, I'll take confidence. <laughs> so yeah, by election, by election, and liberals were confident. This is in the seat of Davidson. They were confident that the liberals would win the seat of Davidson. So sure enough, they get Medrill into the EPA. He's not qualified. And this is actually, this is corruption because this, you need someone who has some sort of knowledge of environmental science to be heading the conservation of, of the <laughs> yeah, environment, right? Makes sense. You can't just put someone in there because it's convenient because it frees up somewhere else. Mm. That is corruption. Yeah. And so basically they do this, the Liberals, they win that by-election, but Labor refers them to ICAC. Now, in the early years, ICAC had only investigated the National Party and the Labor Party for campaign finance stuff. ICAC, uh, so Nick Reiner basically goes, no, I'm not going to refer it to ICAC. The independents say, no, you will, or we'll side with Labor. So he's like, oh, whatever, I'll do it. Reiner was very confident that ICAC won't condemn him mm. because he's he's instituted them. It was him who kind of initiated the movement. Mm. And again, he was confident that they were there just to dig up dirt on Labor. They don't. Oh. And they call it technical corruption. And so the independents say, Nick Reiner resigns or we side with Labor. And so Nick Reiner resigned. 
And so Nick Griner, what he did is he appealed to the, the Court of Appeals. And the Court of Appeals actually said that ICAC went too far and said that it was beyond their scope to call it corruption. Really, the, and his defense was ICAC is holding us to too high of a standard. This is just what happens in politics. <laughs> this whole operation was your idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have felt like a backstab for him. Because mm. he, I mean, he started ICAC. Yes. So he then resigned to be the chairman of a tobacco company. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then became the president of the Liberal Party, I think from the years 2017 to 2020. He's still alive today. And he's quite sharp. He was quite young when he was premier. And so... Um, Nick Griner, unfortunately there's a video that's aged terribly. He's on Sky News in 2020 talking about ScoMo's 2019 election win and basically saying with ScoMo, we've got a guy who's going to kind of create a liberal dynasty in the 2020s. We're going to be around for a long while. And mm. um, Hasn't aged well. No. So that was Nick Griner. That was the Liberal Party. Mm. So anyway, Bob Carr, Labor dude, wins at the next election and then Labor runs New South Wales for the 90s and the 2000s. Have you heard of a guy called Eddie Obeid? Oh, have I ever? Yes, he was quite uh, quite on the news circle in the, what, 2010s, early 2010s, late mm. 2000s. Was there a BTN on him or something? Is that, I'm trying Ooh. to... <laughs> I reckon there might have been. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was. Yeah. Um, Joe yeah. Tripodi, or Jake. Joe Tripodi, I should say. Is that name any bells? Less so. Yeah. Not so across Joe. Do you Joe remember any, do you remember anything about Eddie Obed? Oh, there was there was he was just corrupt in some way, wasn't he? I can't remember what he did. He did something bad, that's for sure. Yeah. So Bob Carr, Premier of New South Wales. He's replaced by Morrissey Emma. Right? He was really big on getting the Shire A League team going. Which guy? Morris Yammer, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was him. Okay. Damn. Morris Yammer basically resigns because he loses the support of the party and a guy called Nathan Reese becomes the premier. Mm. Long story short, Eddie Obeid is a really powerful power broker within the Labor Party and Joe Tripodi is probably at that point in New South Wales politics the most powerful power broker in the Labor Party. What Eddie Obeid did was Eddie Obeid had a family family business and or family business enterprises and basically he would get his mates in labor to create conditions that were favorable for those business conditions mm. so for example get concessions to have his family cafe in circular key oh yes at a really course. at a really good rental rate resource minister ian mcdonald basically conspired to grant a coal mining license on a property that eddie obed owned mm-hmm. on the family farm and basically, Joe Tripodi was the guy who would go in to bat Freddie Obeid. And Joe Tripodi knew all about, as ICAC would later uncover, knew all about Eddie Obeid's dealings and still kind of backed him in the party and basically turned a blind eye when he had a legal obligation to turn Eddie Obeid in to mm. ICAC and the Corruption Watchdog. What Joe Tripodi does, because he's the power broker, Joe Tripodi takes down Nathan Rees as Premier. So is Nathan Rees a Labor Premier? Labor Premier. Yeah. And Nathan Rees, basically what he does is he's like, no, I will not have Joe Tribodi as in my cabinet. He's he's Dodge. Mm. And Nathan Rees kind of takes a stand and says, no, nah, he's not being in my cabinet. Joe Tribodi then gets the Labor caucus to actually get rid of Nathan Rees and not back, them, not back him as leader. Mm. 
So when ICAC kind of uncovered this years later, like everyone had a, had a pretty big inclination. Like my dad who works in, I won't say for which company, but my dad who works in kind of property and development stuff in like retail property in in CBDs mm. basically said that the system was a brown paper bag to Eddie Obed would get your stuff approved. Mm. And mm. okay. So it, it was there was a there was a pretty big idea that this was going on. Um but and then dad dad didn't partake. I just want to put that on record. My dad is, <laughs> my dad is not <laughs> all above board. A perpetrator of corruption. <laughs> but when ICAC uncovered this years later, they asked Nathan Reese, do you feel vindicated? Because you took the stand against Joe Tripodi, Nathan Rees, man of class, said, no, I feel sad that this this infected our party. Mm. And so he kind of takes the high road. Christina Keneally kind of comes in with basically the job of trying to save as many seats as possible. I should also add that Joe Tripodi also helped kind of actually campaign against another Labor candidate, Jodie McKay. Oh, Jodie. Yeah, Jodie. Yeah. So 2011, she lost her electorate in Newcastle. Because Joe Tripodi supported a guy called Nathan Tinkler, who's a mining dude, mm. in basically yeah. just slamming, like slamming uh, advertising stuff against mm. Jody McKay. Damn. Tinkler involved with the the Knights. Or is that Nathan Finkler? What? Is there someone called Nathan Finkler? That name rings a bell. Surely. No, Tinkler. Okay, my bad. And Newcastle Jets even. Nathan Finkler was a Melbourne Victory player. That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> That's Guy, Guy Finkler. Yes, of course. Oh, yes. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it all makes sense now. So anyway, like Labor Party was in a terrible state by the end of the 2010s. And again, for the Joe Tribodi would campaign against his own party because she wanted nothing to do. So basically she wanted nothing to do with mining donations from Tinkler. Mm. and Tripodi was basically like, nah, that's not how we do things here. So Jody McKay was kind of one of the good ones who, and probably, I'd say Jody McKay and Nathan Rees were the ones who demonstrated integrity in that situation, mm. but Tripodi wanted to take her down. So the Labor Party was rife with corruption at the end of the tw- tw- 2000s and deservedly were kicked out in 2011. Mm. As someone who's pretty sympathetic towards Labor, as we've kind of indicated on the pod once or twice, mm. There's no question that Labor deserved to go in 2011. That brings in Barry O'Farrell. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bazofaz. <laughs> we'll skip past him very quickly because there's not actually heaps that's uncovered from the story. Long story short, he gets a $3,000 bottle of wine from Australian Water Holdings. Yep. He doesn't declare it. ICAC investigate this. He says he never received it. Lies. Evidence later came out that he wrote a letter thanking them for the $3,000 mm. bottle of wine. He apologizes profusely that he couldn't remember it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, for good. Go figure. ICAC did um, clear him of corruption though. Hmm. But the fact that he lied to ICAC and he, he resigned and he fell on his sword after that. Yeah, sure. Is he local? No. I don't, I don't believe so. I think he's kind of manly way, if I'm not mistaken. I know Gladys was Warringah, like was mm. the representative for man, for manly area. I think Barry Farrell, some, you can look him up, somewhere around there. So we have Mike Baird. Mike Baird resigns in 2017. Not through corruption. Is a really interesting story. Shinzo Abe, as in the Prime uh, Minister of Japan that got shot last year. Yeah. He flies out to Australia, has a meeting with Mike Baird. The next day, Mike Baird resigns. Conspiracy theory, something's gone on in that meeting. No one knows what it is. I could be peddling a conspiracy theory that's unfounded here. But I've heard multiple people who I trust, I won't name them as sources, who I trust on this issue, have said something happened in that meeting. They don't know what, but... but That's so strange. Like, what could have possibly happened? Yeah, no idea. And Mike Baird went over to China to kind of advocate for New South Wales trade. So Mike Baird was very active as as a premier in terms of dealing with other countries, mm. something has gone on in that meeting. And I would love to know. It's going to yeah. kill me that I would likely die not knowing what happened in that meeting. Interesting. So Gladys comes in. Mm. and Ready to save Australia. Ready to save Australia. And she has the image of being married to the job. No husband, no kids. Yeah. And, and that's kind of her, her branding is that she is so devoted to the people of Australia that politics is a vocation and doesn't want any distractions. And she would send text messages at 2am in the morning because she never stops working. That was kind of the image around her. Built mm. different. Yeah. Sorry? Built different. Built different. Mm. Now, that was not the truth. She wasn't married to the job. She was not married, but she was entangled with a guy called Darren Maguire. Entangled. It's a good mm. word. <laughs> yes. Five-year relationship, if I'm not mistaken. I think it lasted, if I'm not mistaken, from 2015 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Darren Maguire, not a good guy. He admits to corruption in 2018. And in the ICAC hearing that would kind of follow up on this in 2020, he admits to using, he admitted to using the government and his role in kind of treasury committees for private gain. And so he kind of helped mega Chinese companies with development projects and these Chinese companies agreed to give him a commission if he kind of helped get zoning laws to kind of favor favor them, help them buy in on government projects that would kind of create money for them in return and he'd get a commission for that. And he actually confesses to ICAC that he knowingly used his government position for private gain. Mm. He steps down in 2018. The relationship goes from 2015 to 2020. So this is public knowledge about Darren Maguire when Gladys is about halfway through her relationship with him. And 
again, it's a secret relationship. It only becomes uncovered in 2020 when ICAC kind of follow up on the Daryl Maguire stuff. But in Daryl Maguire's position, he basically said that he would use Gladys as the premier, last person for signing off on stuff, that he would use Gladys to kind of fix issues. And he would Mm. use his relationship with Gladys to fix issues. Mm. He, on the phone, boasted of kind of the private gains that he would get from his corrupt activity. You remember what Gladys said to that? She said, I don't need to know about that. I don't need to know about that. (laughs) And when ICAC pulls her in to ask her about it, she says, I can't recall. Mm-hmm. And oh, she I cannot recall the Barry O'Farrell special. Yes. Also the Nick Griner special. Mm. Gladys was blinded by love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Haven't we all had a bad boyfriend was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that, I should also add that Darren Maguire was with his wife until 2017. So uh, that's crossover yeah, period just there a as bit well. of adultery to, to sprinkle. Just, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that doesn't look good for Gladys. Um, look, I don't want to label the story too much because this one's pretty well publicized. 2021, mm. ICAC says we're going to reinvestigate Gladys, but they have to wait until lockdown ends. So a prolonged lockdown actually favoured Gladys. During that period, she develops a cult of personality that I have not ever seen in Australian politics. And I don't know if it's her fostering that, but the media was definitely fostering mm. that around her. Auntie Gladys. Auntie yeah. Gladys, woman who saved Australia. The like 11 o'clock <laughs> press conference that, I don't know. It's pointless. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Some people liked it. Yeah. People were pretty bored. <laughs> I guess like, it was the theatre, there was the theatre around it of like, yeah. the woman, our, our boss girl is going to come and tell yeah. us what we needed. Like, like oh. they had like bet on what she was going to wear and like what colors she was going to wear and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. like increased exposure for a politician is great. That's mm. like for a yeah, politician, yeah. That, that is just perfect press. Anyway, Glad- uh, ICAC's like, yeah, we're not going to, we're going to investigate this. And Gladys is like, okay, well, I'll resign. Now, again, she protests her innocence to this day. Mm. The ICAC findings haven't come out. They should come out in the next few months. I'm hoping they will because they, they said after the state election. So hopefully we'll get the findings soon. If my gut, look, I think the evidence is pretty clear. I think there was something like 14 known violations of the ministerial code of conduct from Gladys. I think like I'll, I'll be keen to see what, what the commission says, but I think the evidence there is pretty clear and mm-hmm. also, if you're innocent, you resign from leadership until the investigation is over. You don't just resign, period. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Step aside, let Dom take over until you've been cleared of the investigation would be what I would think one would do if they were innocent. Mm. The John Barilaro stuff, I think that's been covered to death. Mm. Mm. We went to the polls last week. Wow. Sure. And what a day it was. Yeah, it was interesting. Any preliminary reflections mm. from our... Um. I thought I thought my seat was was never in doubt. Mark Speakman back for more, um, and that's like I'm indifferent about that. I hear he's actually a very nice guy he's and nice guy. Well, very, the air. very involved in the community and and sort of very kind of like on the ground. Um, so mm. I'm not I'm not going to lose any sleep over that one. I think it's and really it's a blue ribbon seat. <laughs> <laughs> like not much was going to change. I thought the um, the next electorate across the the Miranda electorate. Um, with Eleni Patinas was very interesting. <laughs> she came very close to losing. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought she might have. Yeah, at sure. one point, I think. <laughs> yeah, a couple Simon days Earl, after Simon that. was ahead for a little bit. Yeah, so that was um, that was quite thrilling, actually. I was checking in on that. 
uh, seeing how that fell. Um, but yeah, I don't know, you boys, any anything you guys had to... I don't know. I um I don't know. Maybe part of my job, the organization I work for, um, does sometimes receive uh, some uh, funding from government. So I actually had a few run-ins with some politicians um, in the lead up to the election to kind of announce that those funding. Py was the face for the uh, the pork barreling. Oh, Maybe. true. Weren't you on No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't no. actually called that. Like, I'm not, uh, <laughs> yeah. But people, was the pretty face they put on. Mm, mm. Did you say you were in my face? Didn't but. you say, yeah, you were in one of the announcements? Did it, we discuss this uh, on the podcast? one of the cool guys behind the... Yeah, and I think you could you could probably see like the, the back of the head or an elbow in a couple of nine news um, announcements. Only nine news ever came to the liberal ones, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we can put we can put that footage in the uh, Patreon up in the Patreon for for our patrons. Yeah, Dollar yeah. fifty month and it's yours. Yeah. You can see PY potentially potentially <laughs> yeah. see. We won't tell you which one he is. Someone, yeah, body figure. <laughs> but yeah, so like um, the met the the leader of the Nationals party. What's it? Paul. Paul Tool. That sounds like him. Yep, and I actually heard on the radio on the way here that he's retained his position as the leader despite the Liberals losing the election. Seemed like a nice enough guy. Also, uh, just yeah, met the treasurer, um, who was what's his name, Matt Matt Keane. Matt Keane, mm. um, very shiny bald head. Was he a nice guy? <laughs> uh, he seemed pretty nice. I was mm. he's uh, he was like I was like hi, I'm Jake. It's like hi, I'm Matt. Nice to meet you, Jake. And I was like. That was pretty much it. I didn't really have too much to say to him, to be honest. <laughs> Froze up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, Starstruck. But yeah, I remember like um, him talking in a press conference and then them like talking, someone questioning him about koala safety and he was just rubbishing it. He was just like, it's rubbish. It's rubbish that we don't look after koalas. Um, but the journalists kept going and this mm, was like, yeah. he was there not to talk about koalas, but to announce... Um, a lot of funding for a cool project. So someone's hijacked his, uh, mm, yeah. his announcement. Yeah. And yeah, just the, the, the rigmarole that surrounded them. It's like, all right, they're coming, they're coming. Everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's like waiting around for them. And then they like kind of, they strut in and then they do their thing and then they're gone. And then everyone's just waiting around again. So it's do you feel, funny. do you feel used in that situation? Or do you feel like you get the genuine time of day? I feel a little used because everything is like every walking around, everything, every person they meet. There's four people around them trying to snap the photo. Mm. Understand, game's a game, but um, yeah, like they're they're very good. They're very good at kind of you know, kind Choosing. of yeah, being down to earth and have the smile, um, Colgate mm. smile, yeah. and but yeah, I noticed. I having the on the election night. I saw Matt Keane was was he on ABC? On the ABC, was he? ABC yeah, yeah, he was. I, I had it on mute, so I wasn't really. I didn't know what oh, was going on. Didn't want to listen to Anthony Green. He was. Uh, yeah, he I'd was like at his, to know at what his was, giddy best. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how was he? Just he was just providing live updates on the. I think he, was, he seemed pretty on. angry about like he just yeah, had, no he had a lot of beef with One Nation. Um, okay, so, like because he's one because he's on the wet faction of the Liberal Party, which is the. Um, hmm the one that Gladys was on. Yep. So the more progressive, the Malcolm Turnbull, more progressive one. Yep. He's found a lot of branding in being opposed to like far right politics. Mm. A lot of it's kind of 
surface level stuff. But he went hard with oh, what's the woman from One Nation? There was a woman from One Nation who was on there. Not obviously not Pauline Hanson, but a younger woman who looked in her thirties. So we had a bit of a row with her. He kind of reminds me of the state version of Josh Frydenberg. Like, mm, yeah, I could see that. Similar like level. He seems quite grumpy a lot of the time. Sort of a little bit like he's not, bald. not like a bully, but that sort of like kind of a little bit sort of but somehow, dominant and macho kind and of thing. For whatever reason, the ABC seems to love like. You would think that like that's like the epitome of like toxic masculinity that yeah. the ABC would hate. <laughs> yeah. But they kind of like he gets a lot of positive press. Mm. Same with Josh Reidenberg. Yeah. Far more so mm. than Dutton or, or or any of those guys that are from the dry faction of the Liberal Party. Um Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anything it to was, report? Oh no, sorry. Sorry. Jake. Yeah, it was funny as well. Like with all these media announcements that were all very hush hush and like can't tell anyone. And so it was really like my boss came to me at work one day. It was just like, oh, I need you I need you at Mount Druid at 7.30 tomorrow morning. And I'm like, why? It's like, oh, there's a thing. Okay. I get, so I don't, I don't actually know what's going on until they like <laughs> literally walk through the door. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Wow. And um, even one of them as well, it's like, oh, we need you here tomorrow morning. It's like, okay, okay. The premier might be coming. It's like, all right, that'll be funny. Like, I'll be uh, <laughs> get a cricket ball out. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, Dom has sorry, a quick one. Yeah. I think Dom has to win the award for best athlete. Is um, I, yeah, okay. His, his form wasn't bad because you watch like there's the one obviously of John mm. Howard bowling. Mm. There's the one of mm. Scott Morrison tackling the kid. Kevin Rudder doesn't look like he's played much sport apart yeah. from handball. Yeah, yeah. Julia Gillard falls over. <laughs> and I was like, for so, what's someone who has oh. And Chris, Chris Mins, I haven't seen any he's athletic ability. Yeah, yeah, he seems he, he seems, seems like the he different has nice kind hair, of. Though. So he seems like he'd be a cool kid at school. Okay, yeah, but yeah. not not because of his athletic prowess. Mm. Still, though, I reckon he's like a soccer dad kind of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah. So because Perite, they there was like a a celebrity cricket match, wasn't it, before a Sydney Thunder game that he played in? Oh, what Chris yeah. Mins? No, no, Perite. Yeah. So, Cam, so what were you saying and about... Was you're saying he looked good athletically. Just like his, I saw a clip of him. I thought he was... Was it him batting at Kiribilli House or something? Right. Yeah. Where his, bat, his yeah. back foot is quite strong. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. I like how the... the like, um, on the Fox Cricket commentary, they'll have um, ScoMo or, like, now Albanese come on and they talk about their cricket prowess. But, um, <laughs> or lack thereof, I should say. <laughs> yeah. I know... Oh, the, the great cricketer had Kevin Rudd on their podcast as well. Talk about his cricket ability. Great which was PR hard. move from Kevin Rudd to get on that podcast. Yeah, that, it was. That, if, if you're a politician, it was, like, it was so like um, weird for them to do that. But anyway, yeah. But if you're, I, if, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and if you're a politician, like I think politicians need to be looking at those things to do more often. Yeah. Don't worry about doing your ABC insiders. Go on the Great Cricketer. Go on the Matty John Show. Mm. I reach gonna, the common man it yeah, does yeah yield far greater results yeah. and again because you actually won't have to work as hard if you're on abc you're generally speaking to people who would like to consider themselves educated and you got to work harder to win their vote because yeah. kind of dealing with more stuff if you go to someone who's watching in like cessnock or whatever who's just watching because maddie johns is cessnock through and through or they're just watching maddie johns to see <laughs> one of their homegrown boys and you, you just have association with maddie johns yeah you've got that vote like 100 <laughs> Yeah. Did you um? Uh, there was also I also saw Perite participate in a Sydney Kings basketball yes. celebrity game. Do I didn't you know, watch that, but I saw like. Do you know who he was marking? No. 
one Nicholas Kyrgios. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And didn't Kyrgios just like walk the floor? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kyrgios, yeah. Fair enough. Like, Kyrgios, like, plays, <laughs> Kyrgios plays basketball as much as he plays tennis. Yeah, he was like, like yeah, it seemed like um, Kyrgios was trying more than he did in some of his tennis matches. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> yeah. And like, he was just no mercy. I love Kyrgios. So but, like, say, yeah. um, I, I thought that was a little bit like, come on, it's a charity basketball game. You don't need to destroy oh. you don't need to dunk on the premier no nah, i love, <laughs> I love the, that yeah and no, he's a camera boy maybe so once but not five so. times yeah. <laughs> it was interesting for the first time in my life i am living in a labor electorate even when i lived in england <laughs> even when i lived in england i lived in a tory electorate so this is the first time that i have ever how does it feel yeah I'm, the revolution i'm ready to the future is begin fun. revolution begins tomorrow i've um en- en- enlisted at the uh socialist alternative <laughs> um yeah it's, yeah that was quite like because that swung didn't it your seat you, well technically no so yes it was held by lee evans so i'm in the seat of heathcote it was held by lee evans but they did a electoral redistribution uh which in fairness to the Liberal Party wasn't actually a gerrymander. Yep. It was a genuine and yeah, and they actually lost because of it. Yep. And so we incorporated, if I'm not mistaken, I think we incorporated some from like uh, pushing towards Holsworthy area. Yeah. Holsworthy is its own electorate, but I think along Heathcote Road, we incorporated a few Labor voters, which actually made it a predicted Labor seat. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. But just crazy. And then, yeah, like Petnos going down to the wire, like Miranda mm. nearly going red. Yeah. Barilaro's. Very local. <laughs> Monaro seat. That went to, I think it went to an independent. Mm. Yeah, I do remember seeing it and thinking it was, it was Def- not in national hands. Yeah. yeah, Nationals definitely lost it. I think it went independent. Did it go independent or did it go Labour? Uh, I can't, can't remember. remember. But yeah, like Bar- Barilaro, like so much damage like i kind of like i reckon i can't think of a politician that has a lower favorability rate right now than john barilaro mm. <laughs> yeah he's not in a not in a good light like in right the same now. way that like prince harry has a lower approval rate than prince andrew because mm. no yeah it actually does like right Meghan. now because like well, obviously one's like terrible harry. but one's annoying and so people are going to have a lower favorability of the annoying one than the terrible have one have you seen the south park episode about Harry and Megan. I've seen Piers Morgan go on about it, but I haven't actually watched the episode. I've seen yeah. I've, I've seen the same clip like ten times. Of, yeah, we want privacy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Piers Morgan's like, "Well, I'm vindicated." I'm like, no, you're not South Park. Stop <laughs> associating you with South Park. Um, they would equally do one about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he acts like South Park's just seen the light all along. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I. My gut feeling, because did you see the Aston by-election on the weekend as well? No. So federal seat in Victoria, which the Libs were hoping to get um, and hoping to retain, went Labor. Oh. And so now there's talks about, do the feds do a leadership spill on Dutton? Because Dutton isn't seeming to bring in the results. Yeah. And so Dutton's come out today. They're opposed. I don't know if you saw today. They're opposing the voice to. I did see that today. Yes, that's yep. that's tactical. Like they say, like they they say, you know, it's on reflection. We want to think through like individualism, and we want it to go through Parliament rather than in the Constitution. That's just a crock of political spin. The what they were really meeting about was the as a PR move. Will it be better to oppose it or to side with it? Yeah, and. After Aston, it seems like they're like, okay, we've got to find some way 
to actually mm. make the public know that we are different to the Labor Party and we oppose and we need to publicly have them on record as doing something that's bad. And so, yes. But there's talk of like, will the Liberal Party have to do a rebrand? Could they have to call themselves something different? Because mm. they've done that before. They used to be the United Australia Party. They used to be the Nationalist Party. They used to be yeah. Nationalist Labor, even. What? <laughs> yeah, when Billy Hughes defected. So, like, how long will they be out of the wilderness for? Because it's not look like six states plus the federal government, Tasmania might go Labor at the next election anyway, which means every single government across Australia will be Labor. Wow. Mm. The red wave. Time yeah. will tell. Yeah. But like, what's what's the appeal about the Liberal Party right now? Because... Yeah, I guess, I guess in it, maybe the, the voice department thing is that like the Liberal Party may stand themselves up as this um, this kind of anti-wokeism perhaps yeah. um, to the, some extent. The UAP and One Nation's kind of taken all that territory off of the... Like, yeah, yeah. Cause I remember reading the, the UAP thing as I was in the polling booth and they're like... Remove woke nonsense from schools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, actually, so did you see Mark Latham's tweet? No, I didn't. I won't repeat it. It's, it's basically quite a homophobic uh, reference to um, a gay member of parliament. Um, like a recent tweet? Yeah. Right. Uh, Pauline Hansen called it homophobic. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of the level we're at. And anyway, I think Chris Mann's handled it the best way possible. So Chris Mann's, he doesn't say like... He doesn't go out and say it's disgusting or it's vile. At least he doesn't lead with that, which, you know, I'm sure he, he does think. But what he says is he says, Mark Latham's trying to import American politics into Australia. And I think that is the best way of diagnosing what's going on. Mm. Because mm. a lot of liberal voters don't actually know the, like, again, there's the, there's the liberal voters that will vote for him because they favor their economic interests. Eventually, yep. if you kind of gut a country too much, it reaches a point where a lot of those liberal voters then flipped, flipped to teal last time round, mm. because like the, just the corruption was just so blatant that, and the fact that they weren't willing to put forward a federal corruption commission. So they, a lot of them flipped to teal. They never vote Labor, but they flipped to teal. Um, the other liberal voters are your guys from Penrith or whatever that view the Liberal Party as the Australian equivalent of the Republican Party and the ones that fight against woke. But then Scott Morrison kind of tried to play it both ways and it backfired really badly. So does the Liberal Party under Dutton go to being like a John Howard, Tony Abbott style, we reject woke modernist nonsense? I don't. I, don't, I just don't yeah. know what the way forward is for him. I can't see, like, who's there? Who's the target audience? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what an intriguing, what an intriguing next decade we've got coming up. Whoa. Yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. I think Chris Minns could be, I know he's only got minority right now. He could be a decade long, if he wants to, kind of like a Bob Carr figure mm. because he's one of the best at navigating the press. So a lot of a lot of Labor Party don't like him um, because he didn't come through the unions. So right. that's why so after they lost in 2019, mm. so after Michael Daly stepped back from leadership, Jody McKay went up against Chris Minns and Jody McKay won because she had the support of kind of the rank and file of, of the Labor MPs. After she stepped down, Chris Minns won. And Chris Minns is such an effective campaign. Like you, you watch him and you find it quite hard not to like the guy. I'd mm. say just as a neutral onlooker, like I'm 
if you take politics and take policy out of it, he's quite likable, I would say, in how he mm. comes across. And he's runs. He's basically done the Albanese thing of running a really disciplined, moderate campaign that doesn't really advocate for drastic change. Though yeah. that change will come, he doesn't lead with it. I think he could be around for a long, long while. Mm. It'll be very, very, very interesting to see. Right. Well, One closing you- reflection I have as well. <laughs> yeah. I suspect Dom Perrottet wishes he was in the Labor Party. What do you mean by that? Like, Why would Dom think that? So, because I, they won. I reckon he joined the Liberal Party on the basis of kind of like culture war stuff. Yep. Mm. So I reckon he's joined in the era of like, again, like he's grown up with John Howard standing against the, the sorry speech and being quite culturally right wing. And you kind of look back to when Trump won, Dom made a tweet being like, this is one... This is like one for like quiet people who have conservative convictions, yada, yada, yada. He kind of associated himself with that Trump 2016 win. I think, and again, sources that, so this is, this one's coming. So Friendly Daughties has said that his sources that he knows have said that Dom Perrottet was really upset with the land clearing that Gladys was doing. Apparently Mm. privately Dom Perrottet like really protested against this and was very upset about all that was going on. It's upsetting. It is upsetting. Mm-hmm. And you look at the conviction when he's talking about the cashless uh, card of the pokies and wanting to kind of put one on clubs New South Wales, he speaks with a fair amount of conviction. And like Chris Minns, I felt was actually pretty soft on that issue. Don Perrottet, I thought, spoke really well on that issue. And Perrottet kind of comes in and he speaks with conviction. When he speaks about economic... Well, other thing Perrottet does is Perrottet says we're going to slow down privatisation. And I think he's genuinely seeing just how devastating this... this this Like Gladys's privatisation drive was on the New South Wales economy moving forward. He says he's not going to do it. But when he's talking about economic management, he seems like he doesn't believe what he's saying. You watch it... Like watch, like watch videos of him where he's like, this is good liberal economic management we are managing the economy well we're going to continue our plan and like it, it just sounds he mm. doesn't sound like he's believing what he's saying at all where on other issues he is his concession speech sounded like he had a man crush on chris Mintz. <laughs> i know have you seen it yet no i haven't but i did hear it was positive basically he was like so normally people will say yeah we trust that they'll be we, we it, yeah we will support, we've conceded, they have the numbers, we hope that they will govern well and govern wisely, um, and we respect him for a hard-fought campaign. Don Perrottet said Chris Bins will be a good premier, and if he does well, we do well. That is going way far beyond what people normally say at a concession mm. speech, and again, steps, steps down from leadership, even though no one stepped forward since, and he's kind of pulled himself out of the running for leadership, I don't know. I got the impression that at the end, of, and like just how positively he spoke about Chris Minns at the end, apparently he's been very helpful in the transition. Chris Minns has, has kind of gone on record saying Perrottet has mm. been very helpful in transitioning across. Some helpful handover documents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did the modules. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My, yeah. my conspiracy yeah, theory is, mm. did Dom think he was on the wrong team at the end of it? Interesting. Mm. Nice take. I don't know. Yeah. That's my... My suspicion. Cool. 
I don't think, I don't, like he said, he'll, if he said, if he, if he lost, he'll hang around. I don't think, I can't see him hanging around as a backbencher. So he might leave and go to the private sector. Um, but also, I could also see him doing actual like charity work where I can, like, there was a guy called John Hewson. So he was Liberal Party leader before John Howard, mm. or it was like one or two before John Howard. When he resigned, he worked for charity after, after politics. Very few people do that particularly from the Liberal Party, they usually go to the private sector and yep. make a killing mm. in whatever private sector job. I don't know. I just, I've got a feeling that Don Perrottet's something about uh, that campaign. Yeah. He kind of feels like, again, I don't, I'm not saying he's the villain, but given the what we've discussed about Gladys and Barilaro's corruption, kind of like the side villain that turns good at the end of a movie. <laughs> mm. And in the, fight, in the end credit scene, it's complicated. he's hanging out with the heroes. And like the hero extends the olive branch to the side villain and be like, hey, hey, Dom, come join us. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. And then they're friends in the sequel. They're like friends and they're best. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. I don't know. I felt that was the story arc for Dom Perrottet. Very interesting. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Watch this space. This could age very poorly yeah. as he goes to like work for <laughs> Commonwealth Bank. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and as is his one. Involved yeah. in a royal commission and... <laughs> But Damn. Well it's been a pleasure Cam um, You can catch more of us on the Patreon $1.50 Link in the description Cheerio Bye